Hi, this is Design Lota, the podcast where we talk about life as Indian designers. I'm Angie and I'm Sushi. In our last episode, we spoke to Natasha Sarangi about art therapy and integrating art into our lives as designers. I have a cat coloring book that's been lying around <laughs> and I finally got to coloring a page last week. What about you, Angie? Um actually I haven't been able to prioritize my creative getaway time lately. It's been crazy. Uh the struggle to stay on the productivity train is real. <laughs> Tell me about it. I can't say I've had a very productive week either with a lot of unexpected surprises from life. Yeah, that string of unexpected surprises also known as life. <laughs> hmm. Uh what does a productive day look like for you? I think the simple answer would be a day where you get a lot done. but really i think it's a lot more complicated mm. than that yeah so we often plan to get x y and z done on a given day but on most days maybe just x and y will get done sometimes something that wasn't even on the list will get done and that will give you an immense sense of satisfaction yeah that's so true i mostly just have three or four things i try to focus on and get done and crossing off those things makes me feel like i've had a productive day I think for a designer while it's super important to have lists a productive day goes beyond just completing things on the list for instance having a light bulb moment to a problem that was at the back of your mind for many months is hmm. extremely rewarding yeah also there are rare days when i wake up feeling productive yeah i know what needs to be done i have a lot of ideas my sketchbook is in front of me hmm. but i just can't bring myself to do a single thing do you experience that anji yeah i think sometimes we just imagine so much about what we are going to do that finally when you're at the place <laughs> about to do something you can't uh, get yourself to just start so that's what i face Sometimes the most exciting and fun tasks can be the most intimidating to start. Mm. Even when we know from experience that these things are super rewarding, like getting back to writing a new season of this podcast after a break. <laughs> That sounds really familiar, Sushi. Is this a podcast I know? <laughs> <laughs> I've also seen a tendency to have unrealistic expectations based on articles, books that mm. we read. But you know, I don't think there's one perfect solution to productivity. So what we probably need to do is to put our learnings into perspective mm-hmm. based on what our personal context is. Yeah. And uh, the things that we have to deal with. Yeah. And even how that affects our emotional state and motivation. Yeah. Uh, like you cannot pit your number of for example your years of experience against someone else's uh, maybe their context mm-hmm. their background their personality or even the type of projects they do may be entirely different from your own yes uh, and like you and natasha were discussing in the art therapy episode we have this culture of comparison mm-hmm. also partially thanks to social media so we have no idea about what it took to showcase that one picture or what really went into securing that dream project that someone might have that is so true owning your context and experiences can give you a unique perspective and shape your own design journey these high expectations can also come from a culture of putting value on people based on what they do mm-hmm. quantity over quality like a race to the top yeah yeah so there's less room for boredom and thinking of new ideas i think we've all at some point you know beaten ourselves up thinking about things beyond our control yes and personally my emotional state plays a, a really big role 
If I'm feeling anxious about not being good enough, I find it impossible to do anything that requires creative thinking. Mm-hmm. So it becomes like a vicious cycle of sorts and you keep mm. putting off the things that you need to do to really grow as a designer. Yeah, yeah. I remember this article that you shared with me. Uh, it was from the New York Times, I think, about mm. how procrastination is more of an emotion management problem, not so much a time management issue. Yeah, I totally agree. Emotion, mm. even in terms of us getting excited and hence distracted by, you know, distractions. <laughs> and we have a lot of those courtesy 2019. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, I read this book recently called Make Time. Mm. And it talks about this concept of infinity pools. Mm. Uh, basically, these infinite feeds of updates and information that are vying for our attention. And that part of us that wants to be distracted <laughs> just doesn't stand a chance against all these things. <laughs> and I think these infinity pools can seemingly be productive like LinkedIn or yeah. Pinterest tutorials yeah. or blogs. Yeah, those are sneaky. Those are just the worst. <laughs> My biggest learning from that book uh, has been about how I handle this. The important thing is to not uh, let your willpower do all the work, but actually make it harder for you to even make unproductive choices. You mean like blocking Netflix on your work laptop? (laughs) That might not be a bad idea, actually. Uh, So dedicated devices for your work and for your entertainment, if you have the luxury to do that, can be a good way to train your brain on your intentions with that particular device. Hmm. Uh, This can even be, you know, how you intend to use a place or a time of day, uh, like working only when you're at your desk or saying no to work after 10 p.m. But what about stuff like Pinterest and blogs, you know, when you're doing research? Yes, research. (laughs) Well, been there, done that, still doing that. Um, I, I try to make a distinction between the work and the distraction. Like one thing I do is using the Firefox browser for blogs and the inspiration (laughs) and Chrome for my actual work work. And that's helped to an extent. I need to try that. Right now, my strategies are kind of basic. Like I make sure I don't take up any social media related tasks because I know that it distracts me. And when I have no choice, I set a timer within which I need to complete that task. Hmm. It it Hmm. never works though. Never say never. (laughs) You know, I think in this whole time management thing, if you've identified what works for you and what doesn't, you're already progressing. Not everything in those lists of eight things to do before 8 a.m. that CEOs do (laughs) are going to work for everyone, right? Yeah, one thing I've actually seen in people who make things happen is that they are in a proactive mode rather than in a reactive mode. I have a friend who is very active on social media but instead of just ranting and commenting on all the happenings in the world she turns them into satirical illustrations Mm, that's really cool yeah i've i've definitely experienced that when you've made that decision to make something and you get into that mode of creating caught that train right Mm. you're more likely to follow through I feel like the creative process allows for gaps where those distractions can sort of creep in, like the Mm. beginning of a project where you're trying to understand the problem or in the middle when you're trying to get unstuck. Mm. You know, we've spoken about ambiguity before. I think ambiguity and not knowing exactly where we're headed with a particular project can also cause us to put that project on the back burner. I think the easy thing to do would be to open a new tab and do some more Mm. research. (laughs) But I've found that 
what can be more effective is uh, mind mapping or sketching while listening to focus music <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think we need to alternate between that learning or research mode and doing something about it and making a habit out of doing what you learn can help us stay in the flow and not get lost in just one mode like the research mode and not being able to come out of it right yeah on the flip side it can be hard to switch back to an admin mode while we are mm. in the creative focus mode once i am in the zone of sketching out an idea for instance i cannot stop myself i feel like mm. prolonging that task because it energizes me do you face that yeah of course it's like sometimes you're in the flow but maybe you have to get to a meeting or you know you have to respond to something immediately and yeah sometimes you yeah. have to drop whatever you're doing so that you can send out an invoice or respond to your colleagues in accounting or update your stock mm. if you have physical products that you sell mm. this is where i believe scheduling can be powerful uh, like scheduling something in even if it's too small a task mm. i try to keep the big things of the day to a maximum of 3 and uh, that absolutely have to get done even if something else doesn't and that seems to help hmm i have a to do list which gets updated every day but there are few items which have been there for months together which i never got around to doing yeah. how do we deal with that yeah for me you know i think of my to do list having a bouncer who <laughs> decides what can and can't make it to that list and then also it's all about looking at my list now and again and seeing if those things that i put in say a month ago or so are still a priority for me and think about why haven't they been done yet and if needed just being okay with letting them go you know how sometimes uh, we had a free period in school where we could catch up on homework and yeah. teachers could catch up on corrections <laughs> i feel we need to set aside some time like that as well right but where is that elusive free period in our adult lives <laughs> I think we create that by saying no. <laughs> uh sometimes the most productive thing you can do is to say no. It may mean saying no to yourself, no to immediately responding to a prospective client on social media or no to sneaking in that Netflix break uh during your lunch. <laughs> yeah. There are also times when we feel completely exhausted and at those times it's impossible to do anything at all. Mm. This is probably when we are most vulnerable to falling into that Netflix trap. Oh yeah. Uh and once you're following a series, then you're all set to go into another infinity pool of binge watching. Yeah. I found it's helpful to take some steps to manage my energy, uh which means sleeping well and eating right, and for me that makes a big difference in how I feel about my work and keeps me from falling into all these traps and pools. <laughs> <laughs> In the bustle of getting things done it's important that we don't forget to set aside time to do the things we really care about right yeah. and this can really affect how we address other tasks that we may not really care about yeah. I find that writing or sketching or even pottery first thing in the morning really sets the tone for my day hmm. I think it's just how we are wired as human beings right hmm. like we need to create we need to spend time in nature be still have uh, have authentic connections and conversations and all of this helps us renew our energy and helps us be more productive and of course keeping your phone away as much as possible can help you tap into some hidden energy reserves hey listeners what are the productivity hacks that you swear by 
We've listed some of the ways we handle distractions. You can check them out on our blog, designlota.com. But don't drown in that infinity pool of research about productivity. <laughs> we'll also have the complete transcript and references for this episode up on the blog, so be sure to check that out as well. Join us next time for an episode on designing spaces for play. That's going to be fun. <laughs> Until then, bye. bye.